0: And it gives me enormous pleasure to welcome James Cridland, um, who's no stranger to the event, although it's been a couple of years since he was here last, um, and who has my undying admiration for having created a term and owned it. I think he's the only radio futurologist in the world, and he is, in fact, the leading radio futurologist in the world. <laughs> But he's made it really work and I really look forward to hearing his insights
1: you. on the power of the next ten years. James. France, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, really good to be here. So uh, thank you very much. Let's uh, start with a, uh, a little important uh, announcement on the screen when it arrives. There we are, here's the important announcement. You see, this is, this is where the technology doesn't quite work. There we are. That, That clearly doesn't say, this man was funnier than the next guy will be. I wonder why this is, uh... yes. Anyway, let's see. Um, I am actually one of two. There are two of us uh, here. Um, One of them uh, is obviously me, which is is all very nice. Uh, The other one is somebody who I trained in Ghana. Uh, who now calls himself a radio futurologist as well? So if, if ever you see a radio futurologist uh, and you wonder to yourself uh, and you wonder to yourself, um, uh, is this the real radio futurologist? Then uh, you know if he doesn't look very much like me, uh, then then you'll know it's the other guy, um, which is uh, which is all good. Let's see if I've uh, stopped this from being all uh, smeary, because uh, that would be helpful if I did. Right, what's going wrong there? Do you think it's sixty hertz? Or do you think it's fifty hertz? There's the question. Technology, eh? It's what you need. We'll soon find out. There's a uh, there's a lot of fiddling going on behind me. Which is usually a good a good thing, although, you know, uh who knows. There we are. Yeah, just try one other thing. I'm trying to try flicking that to 50 hertz. Gremlins in the system, as you so rightly say. Why is that not? Yeah. Well. It's USB-C. Yeah. USB-C. It is indeed. Oh look there's a man with a different thing Let's try plugging that one in and seeing if that one works any better so this is the third radio days africa that i've um, that I've uh, been to um, the f- The first was. A long, long time ago, I think the first was about eight years ago that I, uh, uh, that I first came to Radio Days Africa. And one of, the things, um, one of the things that I did is we were staying in a hotel in Bloemfontein, and so an American friend and, my, and, and me worked out that we were quite close, you know, we were within walking distance of wits. So we thought that we would walk. And everybody else was terrified of this, and we d- disappeared for... It took us about an hour to walk, and that was all fine. And, uh, and everybody else was absolutely terrified and breathed a huge, a huge sigh of relief when we eventually turned up at one of the gates here. But they wouldn't actually allow us in, because they said, no, 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 you're not allowed in. This, this way in is only for cars. And we, and we had just walked up, and they said, no, no, can't, you can't come in. You have to walk into the, into the walking entrance, not the car entrance. And so... Um, And so me and this very senior American radio guy both pretended to be in a car, in an invisible car, and and drove through, and that was apparently okay, uh, which is nice. Uh, I'm not quite sure how these things work, but still, I think you fixed that. Look at that, brilliant. Round Round of applause for the man who's fixed that. That's great, yes. Brilliant, right. So anyway, uh, so hello, Uh, this is me, Um, I'm a a radio futurologist, I used to work in radio, that's me a long time ago, Uh, I worked for a radio station called Virgin Radio a long time ago, we launched a few things first, we launched a uh, podcast, daily podcast, uh, and we also launched the world's first mobile phone um, app, uh, which looked a bit like this. Uh, Top quality thing, as you can see, uh, worked uh, fantastically. Um, If you listened to uh, an hour of Virgin Radio on there, the cost of data was so much that you might have gone out and bought yourself a Coldplay CD Uh, because it would have cost the same and, frankly, would have probably sounded much the same as well. Um, I then worked for the the BBC, and now, um, uh, as you can see, I'm working for all kinds of people. Um, I also produce a daily podcasting newsletter. So if you are interested in podcasting, you want to learn more about podcasting, um, then I would recommend that. It's free, and you can get it at podnews.net. And I'm here to talk about the power of radio in the next ten years. But first, let me just... um, can anybody tell me what that word means? What does radio mean? Would anybody like to shout out what you think radio is? What are we all working in, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, a- a- AM, FM, I'm hearing, I'm hearing something about music, which of course radio isn't. I have a, uh, I have a definition of what radio is. and My definition of radio is this. Um, It's a shared experience with a human connection. That's what radio does. It does it through audio. But that is radio's strength. That is the only thing that radio can do that very few other people can, very few other media can. A shared experience with a human connection. That's what radio uh, is all about. And yes, you can have a beautiful transmitter, um, but that transmitter is just one way of getting content out to uh, people. Um, And I will explain uh, where we go with that uh, in a little while. Firstly, let's just go back and um, see where the future of radio was. This is a man who should have known what the future of radio is. um, He was uh, the first scientist in the House of Lords in uh, the UK. Uh, He invented absolute zero, he was Lord Kelvin, and he was asked, Lord Kelvin, what's the future of radio back in 1899? And he said, radio has no future. So I'm not quite sure what we're all doing here. Frankly, he also said, by the way, that uh, aeroplanes wouldn't work, uh, uh, and that x-rays will uh, prove to be a hoax. But there's been no end of people who have looked at radio And have gone, well, you know, clearly something's going to kill the radio star.
2: star.
1: It's quite enough of that. so video killed the radio star, obviously. Uh, advertising killed the radio star. Lots of things have killed the radio star. Um, Spotify killed the radio star. Quotas, um, having to play certain types of music, that apparently has killed the radio star. Vine, if you remember that, that, that killed the radio star. Also, slightly, slightly weirdly, Norway uh, killed the radio star. <laughs> don't really understand that. But actually, when you ask people, when you, um, when you look at all of the headlines about how radio is supposed to be dead and how many people have killed radio, it's weird that people are still tuning in to radio. Here is a 70-year-old man explaining what he listens to to a younger journalist. And the younger journalist is going, what, really? How do you find your music, which you listen to? Um, radio. You still Hello? listen to radio? Yeah. Wait a
0: minute. You still listen to the radio? Well,
1: a lot of people, don't you? A
0: lot of people don't. I'm, in the car. Is like well, Is it like, it's, is it like a satellite radio station? Or, or are you listening no, to old kind of... Just a little thing with a knob. Right. <laughs> radio. FM. Yeah. yeah. Well, I noticed you drove... You drive yourself around. You drove up here today. What do you listening to in the car? Radio? Radio.
1: <laughs> I didn't understand you the first time, Sir Paul McCartney. I'll ask you a second time. <laughs> Very strange. Because radio, as you know, is listened to by 9 out of 10 people everywhere in the world. Whether you look in places like Finland, or France, or Malaysia, where I was only a couple of days ago, or Canada, or the... Uh, or the, uh, the independent state of Brisbane. Um, radio, nine out of ten people listen every single week. Radio is a tremendous mass media in a way that no other media can be. Um, and that's something that we sometimes forget how undead radio really is. Nine out of ten people tuning in every single week. Um, it's better than that, though, because actually when you look at everything that we put into our ears then radio does tremendously well uh, in terms of that. Um, Here's some figures from uh, Australia showing that two-thirds of the audio that we put into our ears is live radio. And yes, podcasts are there, only 4% of total time listened to. Streaming audio, things like Spotify, are there, but they're nowhere near as big as radio, because radio is tremendous. And if you think that this is just Australia, which is where I live now, um, let me show you another country at random. Uh, This, as you can tell from the timbits is Canada. And Canada, again, 65% live radio, only 3% podcasts, and so on and so forth. So radio is very large. Radio is listened to, as we know, in the morning. Uh, mainly these are figures from uh, the UK, but most uh, countries don't change that much. Podcasting is on this graph, as you can see. There is still a peak at breakfast. Um, but it is far, far smaller, um, as is on-demand music uh, and other forms of uh, radio uh, as well, uh, other forms of audio as well. So radio is a true mass market, and I, and I think that that's a really good sign. Uh, this is also a good sign, in case you want it. Now, Many people say that young people don't listen to the radio, um, but actually they do. Here are figures from uh, the US showing young people listen to the radio just as much as everybody else. Many people say, ah, yes, but young people listen less to the radio, and that is also true. Young people do listen less to the radio, but they also consume less media. And when you compare uh, in total all of the media that they consume, then they're consuming much the same uh, amount of radio as everything else uh, in their media day. But when you start looking at very young people, 9 to 14-year-olds, you can see that there is a bit of a change in how we are listening to the radio. All of the green on this chart is radio. And this is showing how many people are doing it, and this is showing how long they do it for. And yes, radio is there. Radio through a radio. Um, is up here, lots of people doing it, they're listening for a long time but you can also see all of these other green things here are people tuning into the radio but they're tuning into radio in a different way Uh, so radio through the smartphone or radio through their uh, through their TV Uh, many radio stations available on uh, DSTV for example, radio through your laptop and so on uh, and so forth it's not just in the UK where this is going on Uh, this is Germany Um, showing, yes, lots of listening to radio on FM, or UKW as they call it there, but also a lot of radio listening on other things as well, on the internet, on DAB, which they have there, uh, satellite radio, and so on and so forth. Um, In the UK, in total, you can see that yes, AM FM radio is still very strong, But also, people are consuming radio in lots of other ways as well, from computers to smart speakers to smartphones and so on. And in Australia, lots of people are listening again to radio on something that isn't uh, a radio, and indeed as they are in uh, America. So when you look at radio, um, as the radio centre in the UK uh, says here, radio should look like, you know, our favourite emoji should be one of those, should be a radio. But actually, radios look like all of these things as well. So, what are you going to do? Um, There's a guy who works for, who used to work for NPR in the US, and um, he's written a great book which I've been able to read. It comes out very early next year. Um, And he says stop thinking of yourself as a terrestrial FM broadcaster and start thinking of yourself as someone who creates audio experiences that accompany listeners throughout their life, regardless of the platform it, agrees on, it appears on, and I think that's absolutely right. And when you have a look at radio advertising now, you can see that radio advertising is now promoting all of the different ways that you can actually tune in, from the mobile phone, to speakers at work, to the car, and indeed, at
0: home. It's on. All... Turn
2: up the feel good with heart.
1: So the advertising here ends with how you can tune in to a radio station, but it isn't as easy as an FM frequency anymore. And so yes, they've got this slightly random somewhere between 96 and 107, you'll find it there somewhere. Um, But also on your digital radio, also on your mobile, and new versions of this uh, also have pictures of uh, smart speakers on there uh, as well and new platforms mean new radio stations and that's great news for all of us here because new platforms allow you to launch many new individual stations. Um, so here we are in Norway for example, probably the first time Norwegians has been heard in this room.
2: Just to keep it out without the digitalization of the radio it would have been possible, for it is not the place for our radio program School Free Live on FM. If you are wondering about digital radio it's just to take a contact. It's
1: a very happy Norwegian Regions, um, with their kids' radio station, which is available on uh, loads of new uh, platforms through the TV online and uh, DAB, in that particular case, uh, as you can see. Um, in uh, Australia, uh, a rock station called Triple M has launched three additional radio stations uh, in, uh, on uh, new uh, platforms, offering all kinds of uh, additional uh, choice uh, there. Um, New technology allows you to launch new and interesting ways of broadcasting radio as well. This is in Uganda uh, and a radio station which is in that bucket. Um, and, that, and there's a little mobile phone, and that mobile phone switches from live radio uh, to radio which it already has pre-recorded on, it, on its, um, on its uh, uh, SD card and various other things, um, with a battery down there and a, and a uh, transmitter on the roof. I'm reliably informed that you don't need the goat. The goat is just an optional extra. <laughs> comes, comes. Uh, Uh, Chris Country, a radio station in the UK run by a friend of mine who's called Chris and he likes country music and so this is his radio station. He runs it from his attic um, in Manchester in in, uh, England. Um, it's broadcast uh, in many different places, including London. Uh, the last time I looked, it had 35,000 people tuning into it. Uh, it's a big radio station, and it's broadcasting something, country music, that, that hasn't been broadcast much um, in, um, in the uh, UK. So, again, that really works. Um, this is a radio station called Carolina uh, Classic Hits, which, again, is run by a guy in his bedroom. Um, and does a tremendous job of being a non-stop music station that does some uh, additional things. Uh, this is a radio station for uh, decorators and tradesmen and people who pour concrete and change roofs for a living. It's in London. It's called Fix Radio. And the idea behind this is if you are um, redoing somebody's roof, then you need uh, rather better weather forecasts than we normally uh, give on on the air. <laughs> Um, and uh, you need to know, uh, and you need to obviously as well not hear the same songs every two hours because that would drive you mad if you're listening all day. And so Fix Radio was uh, born and is doing uh, tremendously well. Um, additional radio stations as well also available online. For This is a uh, radio station in the U.S., for people who speak uh, Chinese and is a very useful additional station for them. Uh, And this is one of my favorites. It's a radio station, you can hardly see it, but it's a radio station in Poland that broadcasts to Polish truck drivers. So when you're driving your great big truck across Europe, you can listen to a radio station which is specifically made for you in your language, because typically if you speak Polish, you don't necessarily speak many other languages. So new technology is allowing us to do very new and interesting radio stations, which is really cool. But we're also moving from a world of live to maybe a world of a bit more on-demand as well, because different ages are listening to radio in different ways. So when you look at young audiences, they listen, yes, still to a lot of live radio, as we've seen, but also they're listening to a lot of on-demand content as well. Yes, Spotify, but podcasting and their own uh, tracks and so on, in comparison to older audiences who are listening much more to live uh, radio. And different... Ages might have different behavior, but different devices have different behavior as well. So when you look at laptops or tablets, for example, live radio, which is in green on here, does really well in terms of, um, in terms of time spent listening. Uh, when you look at smartphones, it does rather less well. And the one thing that I would say around smartphones is that smartphones may not be the way of consuming live radio anymore live radio may be better served by things with speakers rather than a smartphone, which might be, which you might do better on by putting on-demand content uh, on there as well. Uh, these are figures um, from 2016 to 2017 showing actually the amount of live streaming radio in the US in this particular case has gone down. And the reason uh, why it's now going up again is all to do with smart speakers. So loudspeakers, I think, is for simulcast radio. And headphones, your mobile phone in other words, is for on-demand radio. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about smart speakers. Oh, go on, I'll, I'll show you a little bit of Australia here. This is where I live. And there is, and there is sound, but I've, I've cleverly turned it down, haven't I?
0: OK, Google, turn on the hall lights.
1: OK, Google, turn up the music. Okay, Google, what's the weather? To baby's dream. What sound does a kookaburra make?
2: (laughs) Okay, Google, dim the lights.
1: So smart speakers are, I think, a really interesting uh, thing for radio. I actually don't own a radio in my house anymore. I own lots and lots of smart speakers. And I use those to listen to radio stations, not just from the UK, but radio from uh, across the world. And you can do quite a lot of interesting things with uh, smart uh, speakers. Let's try this. OK, Google. Say hello to Radio Days Africa. Hello to everyone at Radio Days Africa. I'm the Google Assistant. I hope you are having a good day and that you all enjoyed yesterday. I also hope this British man speaking right now is not too boring. (laughs) Anyway, um, so uh, smart speakers. Um, You've got the Apple one, the Google one, and the Amazon Alexa one there. Lots of people are using them for more audio, uh, which is great news for all of us who work in audio. 20% of them use um, smart speakers more than anything else to listen to audio in their homes now. Um, At random, uh, a figure from Canada, 15% of all households own one. In the US, that figure is is around 23%. It's very good, it's very high. Almost all of them in a shared space as well, which is very similar to radio. When you look at what people are doing with them, then mostly they're listening to AMFM radio. Uh, uh, One in two are are using them to listen to the radio, which is uh, really good. And when you look in terms of total time, then that's where radio does tremendously well with really high figures for radio. Uh, who let the dogs out? Uh, two-thirds of all uh, all audio li- listened to uh, is to live radio on a smart speaker, and that's, uh, and that's great news, uh, I think. And by the way, very little is to podcasting. So again, I think loudspeakers are great for simulcast radio, headphones are great for on-demand, and that's why when you see, again, advertising for radio stations uh, in the UK, you see them really focusing on the speaker.
2: Play Capital. The UK's number one hit music station.
0: Hey guys, sorry, can I get the ball back?
1: Thank you. So So again, you can see them promoting radio, mobile, and also how to listen on a smart speaker uh, as well. Let's talk about how technology is changing the way that we make Radio too. When I started working in radio uh, 30 years ago, uh, I worked for a radio station that was much like this. Uh, In fact, I worked for this station for six years. Uh, and it's a radio station that had millions of uh, millions of dollars spent on its uh, studios um, when it launched, um, because you had to do that at the time. Does anybody know what these are for? Anyone? Not drugs. No, not drugs. <laughs> Uh, this is how we used to edit audio a long, long time ago. We used to edit how old do I sound now. We used to put tape in there, we used to cut along that one, never that one, never that one. Um, we used to stick them together with, um, uh, we used to stick the tape together with uh, splicing tape and China graph pencil and everything else. And now, of course, we just use this. Or indeed, we use this on our mobile phones. Um, And in fact, even this is old fashioned now because the new uh, audio editors on mobile phones look like this. So you can actually edit using the words uh, in the audio rather than having a look at a waveform, which is fairly amazing. In fact, when you then look at what the BBC and people like that are creating, they're creating um, a thing that looks like a word processor but actually allows you to edit the audio instead. So you can actually go through this edit the, word pro- the words down, um, and then it will, uh, it will give you the audio back again with all of those edits actually done. Um, they've built something that works on paper as well, so you can do that too. And in fact, um, this is also available for all of us to have a go. It's a piece of technology called Spext which is on the internet. Let's have a quick play of this uh, and see what happens. Um, So let's just play thanks so much for taking the time today.
2: Excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, excited to be here. Thanks, Alex. So um, let's just dive right into it. Um, The only time we've reported on you guys on uh, Skilled Nursing News, you went through a retenanting recently with MedEquities, a real estate investment trust.
1: Uh, Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? So there's loads of ums and ers in there, as you can see. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to edit them out. Let's just make sure you can see that. Let's edit a few more of these ers out. And let's then, there's one more, and let's then play it back and see what it now sounds like.
2: Eric, thanks so much for taking the time today. Excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, excited to be here. Thanks, Alex. So let's just dive right into it. The only time we've reported on
1: you guys on skilled nursing is that you went through a retitling recently with MedEquities Real cool. Estate Investment it works, Trust. Why don't well. you tell me a little bit about of- And I think what that means is if you've got all of these technologies that make it easier to make great audio, then perhaps we should be spending more time making great audio. Because we can now make some audio that really sounds really good. So there are a couple of different ways that you might want to have a think about that. You could, for example, when you're doing a morning breakfast show, you could grab a journalist in and interview them and do a live interview, and that would sound really good. You could do that. Or you could do what the New York Times does and mix the interview that you have just done with pieces of audio, with music, with additional clips and things, and make it sound so much more interesting. Have a listen to what this sounds like.
2: He said there are these text messages in which he expressed an anti-Trump bias that Hmm. the Inspector General has found out about.
0: Have you been seen? Have you been watching what's been going on with the Inspector General's report? What a scam this whole thing is, okay?
2: And I knew as soon as I heard that, that it was going to be a game changer for the president.
0: How about that FBI agent, how about that guy? You think he likes me?
2: That it would fit directly into his narrative.
0: Just a little bias there, a
2: little bias. That the FBI, the Justice Department, Bob Mueller, the deep state. Oh, did we catch them in the act? We're out to get him. Yeah. And these texts sent right before the election last year show extreme political bias. Since then, it has unleashed a torrent. Have you had a chance to read this? Of criticism. God, Hillary should win 100 million to one. God, Trump is a loathsome human being. Pete Strzok Peter Struck. Peter Struck. Peter Struck. FBI agent Peter Struck gets as much airtime on Fox News these days as anyone else. How is this guy with this bias ever allowed on Mueller's team?
0: Peter Struck should have been fired a long time ago, and others should if have we, been fired. Take-
2: and has become the president's strongest argument about why this is a witch
1: hunt. So it sounds really good and interesting, and in inverted commas, better than just a standard straightforward uh, interview. And if you're thinking, well, we can't do that, your audience already have access to that through the Internet. So actually, all of this new technology uh, really allows us to up our game and to do uh, interesting things with the audio that we uh, produce. And similarly, there are new and interesting things you can do with uh, your music play-out systems as well to actually really polish that experience and make that sound uh, an awful lot better. Now, to finish on, I'm going to just go back to my definition of radio. Because my definition of radio, as you might remember, uh, was a shared experience with a human connection. That's what radio really has to offer. So what I'd say about that is that radio doesn't necessarily, you know, that definition doesn't necessarily mean that the future of radio is going to be nonstop music. If you're doing 10 great songs in a row and you're not doing anything else as a shared experience and as a human connection, then I'm not sure, if I can be honest, how good your future is going to be. But if you are using that shared experience and that human connection to actually get your listeners uh, far more connected with your radio station, then you can do a tremendous thing. So this is a little story showing how this guy understands what the future of radio is. He's a guy called Greg James, and he presents the BBC Radio One Breakfast Show. And he's only done it for a year, And when he took over, he took over from a guy who did the typical music breakfast show. He had, um, you know, they used to have, you know, showbiz interviews and, you know, showbiz news and everything else, and that was very much what that breakfast show was all about and lots of music and everything else. What Greg realized is that no, that's not what the future of radio is. The future of radio is a human connection and a shared experience. So he wants to make the listener the star. That's his job, to make his listener the real star when it comes to radio. So as an example, he saw a few tweets, one from Michael Owen, who's a famous footballer, as you know. And Michael Owen tweeted that he had never had a cup of tea. He never tried a cup of tea. And so he asked his audience, well, have you ever not tried anything? Um, and he got a lot of telephone calls. I'm
0: just shocked at some some things that people haven't
1: tried in their life. Oh yeah, we talked about all these yesterday, so there were people what were the ones yesterday, there was um... Yeah, there was
0: like, <laughs> chocolate that's just ridiculous. <laughs> the one that you heard last week, we, we had ex-footballer Michael Owen, was played an interview from him, where he said I've never had a, had a cup of tea in my life and That's <laughs> <a bit> ridiculous.
2: <laughs> um, I know, it's, it's absolutely shocking I, I, can't, I can't get over it.
1: I've never drunk a cup of tea in my life. Try tea, for God's sake. I know.
2: I know, but I, I think I do have a bit of a weird one that I've not tried before. Okay. Um, I've never tried, like, a pasty, like a Cornish pasty.
1: Oh, right, well, that's... Well, I suppose, where are you? I guess you're in Scotland, no? Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's in Aberdeen.
1: So, that's Sarah. She lives in Aberdeen, uh, in Scotland, right at the north of the UK, and she has never tried a Cornish pasty. This is a Cornish pasty. It's a delicacy, but only in Cornwall, right at the bottom of the UK. Um, And it's got meat in it, and it's got vegetables in it, and it's in pastry, and it's very nice. So, of course, what the radio station did is it got a pasty made for them by a Cornish pasty company, of course, as you would expect. But the lazy thing would have been to get a pasty made and to get it delivered up to Aberdeen because, you know, that that would be a bit boring. And so what they decided to do is, shared experience, is to ask Radio One's listeners through social media, uh, as well as on the air, to actually get uh, get that pasty up to Sarah, who lives in Aberdeen. This is the first listener, who took it from the person who's just made the pasty, and drove it a little bit of the way, (laughs) and... You can see, for example, that uh, they ended up finding all kinds of people. This is Brooke, and Brooke has found this. Uh, has um, is driving away with it. The next morning, uh, she then hands it on to somebody else, Louise, who is driving a little bit further up to uh, Aberdeen. Uh, as you can see. Uh, One thing that I haven't mentioned so far is that the the Cornish pasty had a GPS tracker in it. Well, of course, as you would. And so this is where it started off, right down at the bottom of the UK, in Plymouth, uh, uh, even further south than uh, Plymouth. Um, and it's gone all the way up here, as you can see at the moment. Uh, you, can, you can see that um, uh, this was all shared on social media, so you knew exactly where the pasty was. I haven't mentioned the, the name of, of this uh, game yet. It's called Pass the Pasty. Uh, it's supposed to be very clever. But anyway, uh, And so, uh, but they kept on having to look for new listeners to keep on passing this pasty up so that it would get all the way up there to Aberdeen. So here we are at a train station.
0: Anybody else in Manchester? (laughs) Radio
2: One needs your help. So where does it need to go? I'm handing it over guys. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at Manchester Piccadilly and I need someone to come and take the pasty off me.
1: So there we are. That's got a little bit further. It's gone all the way up there now. Um, and as you can see, you know, it carried on being something that was really uh, that was really interesting and a really good way of making the listener the star. There's Louis, the plumber, and he is taking uh, the pasty um, from uh, from his car uh, onto uh, this steam train uh, in uh, uh, um, w- that was uh, heading up a little bit further up towards uh, Scotland. And there he is um, with the the Cornish pasty on the steam train, which is all very exciting. So the pasty is nearly there. Um, So what better way, if in Scotland, what better way to actually get the pasty to its final destination uh, is to actually have the pasty accompanied by some Scottish bagpipers. Yay! There it is, getting cooked.
0: <laughs>
1: Sarah.
2: Yeah, I'm here. <laughs>
1: please take a bite, and let me know in your own time what you think of the pasty.
2: I just need to blow on it. Oh, No. Oh.
1: I have no words. This. This is
2: brilliant! brilliant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, as you can tell, this made the papers. Greg James sent a pasty across the country on The Breakfast Show and somehow it made good radio. Um, So it made the national papers. It, of course, made the local papers as well because Greg is all about making the listener the star. And there is the listener, uh, Sarah, with the empty plate uh, posing uh, for uh, the, uh, the press. And I think that really goes to show the power of what we do, the power of uh, audio. So nine out of 10 people listen to the radio every single week. We have a massively, massively powerful medium. It's multi-platform now. It's not just AM and FM. And the future will be more multi-platform as we continue to go. Uh, Loudspeakers will have our live radio station on there, however they're connected to us. Um, And uh, headphones uh, should have our on-demand content there too. Uh, So on-demand, not just live. And also, um, for those those of us involved in commercial radio, um, something just worthwhile, again, reminding ourselves, we are the local media that is consumed before people buy things, which is actually really unusual in compared to virtually any other media that we actually have access to. And the final thing, of course, as we know about, um, about radio now, is that it's a really good way of getting some fast food delivered to somebody. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for your time. It's great to be back here and keep listening. Thank you. Very
0: much. Thank you. Um, thanks very much. We have perhaps a few minutes. We're running a little bit late. Um, but if there are one or two questions, I think we'll allow a handful. I'm sure there are. There's one there. There's one there. There's one there. I'm going to allow these three, and then I think we have to close it. We'll just take the three and then take your response. There will be lots of opportunity to talk to James over tea. Ahmed.
1: Hi. Um, I just wanted to find out, in terms of the future of radio in poorer countries or poorer continents, so your Africa, your lower East Asia, uh, what's the future of those in terms of technology being accessible to those areas? Okay,
0: let's just take the two others and then answer them together. Uh, Yes, Ahmed, can you just pass the mic back there?
1: Where's the software?
0: Mine, uh, (laughs) good morning, Uh, mine is kind of linked to his, but not
2: necessarily uh, poorer countries, just within the South African context, because uh, there are communities that simply don't have access to all the technology and all of those things. What does all of this information translate to for them?
0: Okay, and then there was one hand at the back here. Hi, um, my question is on the future of radio and how we're consuming and producing radio currently. Um, Looking at how the visual aspect is playing a major role, um, it seems as if you need a full-on team that being a videographer, editor, graphic designer, the works. Now, would you say the future of radio is it being... um, recruited similarly to tv where you would now recruit or solicit a production team for a specific show um i.e now as a breakfast show you would come as a production team instead of just hiring one on a talent and what do you make of that idea or that approach
1: that's great, and those are excellent questions. Yeah, I think it's very easy for us to, when we're looking at the future of radio, to start talking about mobile phones, to start talking about uh, smart speakers and everything else, and, not, and, and almost forget the thing that makes radio so uh, powerful is it's free to air on an FM transmitter, which, uh, and FM radios are incredibly cheap uh, to operate. And I think that is one of the real benefits that we have. And um, any, uh, any radio um, company which is betting its entire future on the Internet and almost forgetting about FM transmission uh, is probably missing the point of it. And I think we need to remember that you know FM is still tremendously important. If you can remember back to some of the slides that I showed right at the beginning, you'll see that even in places like the UK or Germany, Internet radio listening is actually quite low. It's only about 10% of all radio listening, and you would expect it to be an awful lot higher. So, I suspect that broadcast radio, you know, FM, AM radio, will be with us for a long, long time because it's free and available to anybody, um, you know, who, who has access to it without paying for uh, data uh, and everything else. And also, by the way, there's a really, really important part there in terms of um, control. Um, any internet company can switch your your online radio station off tomorrow if they want to. Um, And there's probably no laws to actually stop them. Whereas when you are broadcasting through an FM transmitter, it is uh, much uh, harder to obviously stop that actual broadcast. So, um, certainly worthwhile remembering that. And I think, yeah, you're talking a lot about visual radio and a lot about... uh, the future for uh, some radio stations as being um, uh, as uh, having a lot more uh, visual elements to it you 've just seen uh, a bit of that with, um, with uh, Greg there. Um, I think for certain audiences that makes a lot of sense and I think, you know, there's a radio station in my hometown of Brisbane in Australia that has a social media producer specifically for The Breakfast Show and one of the jobs he does is he actually takes video from the studio, packages it up and shares that um, uh, on the internet. The one thing that I would say again is if if the future of radio is all about a shared experience and a human connection, then that goes for social media as well. What we shouldn't be doing is just pushing stuff out there onto social media and being deaf to what our audiences are saying back to us in return. We should use social media just the same as we use everything else and actually make sure that we are including our audience and making our listeners the real star in everything that we actually do. Um, But you're absolutely right that it is a, a growing part of where the future of radio is. I would definitely, if you can, hire experts in that field but also experts who understand what makes radio, radio. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Um, James, I, I, I do
0: want to make one, one comment. Um, you showed us those um, images of re- news reporting that refers to that famous song, a video killed, uh, various things killed the yes. radio star. I, people need to just be aware that if you're ever tempted to use a headline of that sort, you will be certain to get the comment back from James that it's a lazy Buggles headline. Yes. I follow his newsletter. I follow various things that he does. And it's inevitably the comment. I think it's really irritated by that old old cliché. Thanks very much. I think it's been a really interesting session. Let's give James a round
1: of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you.